This is Entrepreneurs The Playbook, where each week I bring you some of the greatest athletes, celebrities, and entrepreneurs to talk about their personal and professional playbook to success. I want to talk about strategic thinking, although theoretically the video shows a higher level of compassionate capitalism. Uh, in order to effectuate where you want to be or better in business, we have to understand how we make our decisions, why we make our decisions, and make those decisions quickly aligned with the trajectory of where we want to be or better. But also, how do we understand and give meaning to the light, the love, and the lessons of the past classes, the successes, the failures, the mistakes that inevitably occur almost every day, if not every day, especially in business. And so I've created five different strategic practices every day in order to facilitate the nothingness that we are born into. We're born with no thing and we leave this earth with no thing. And in order to effectuate the things that we feel are going to acknowledge and appreciate who we are to have the passion and purpose and profitability in this abundant universe, we need to have some pragmatic tools. And so I wanted today to speak for about 20 minutes about these practices, these strategic thinking, strategic methodologies of making decisions. Um, and I'm more than happy, by the way, to send everybody my book. I have books like Connected to Goodness, Compassionate Capitalism, Creating the Life You Love with Jack Canfield, who wrote Chicken Soup for the Soul and Game Time Decision Making as well. Um, and so let's start with how we take this nothingness that most people live their journey as they live their lives like tubes, both personally and professionally food in food out. That's pretty much what describes an entire journey of the majority of the people that are here and surrounding us today. And we want more. And the first step of getting more is the first strategic decision-making practice which is to make the decision every day what you want in four weighted realms. One, what do I want today personally in a trajectory of where I think I want to be or better and inherent in where I think I want to be or better is not only radical humility, but it's also a requirement to have a source of faith that all the outcomes that are going to occur by my best efforts, by doing my best, learning lessons, and having fun each day in a trajectory of what I think I want or better requires some source of faith that I'm being protected and promoted, living in an infinite, abundant, unified system of thought. But in order to do so, it's much more than just understanding what I want personally. It's also what I want professionally, what I want to give, and what I want to receive. And we weight that balance determinative upon all the external circumstances that we have no control over. So determinative upon the weather, the in-laws visiting, a flat tire, COVID, interest rates going up, interest rates going down, deals going through, deals falling through. Whatever it may be, we are taking into account the external circumstances that we don't have control of. And we are giving ourselves control by giving meaning according to the circumstances to the past defining moments of our lives. The mistakes, failures, setbacks, successes for sure, but even the historical relevances and other defining moments that a lot of the time limits our self-image. It limits our ability 
to pursue our potential, you will never overachieve your self-image. So I want you to think about strategic decision-making, personally, professionally, for giving and receiving, under the context of, I cannot make a decision that is aligned with where I want to be or better unless I know what I want personally, experientially, giving and receiving, unless I know and take into consideration the external circumstances in which I have no control of and the light, the love, and the lessons of my past. Not limiting my potential. That then will take us from a state of nothingness to a state of possibility, a mathematical advantage every day over the majority of the people that are living their lives in the universe of a tube, food in, food out. Instead, we now have a mathematical advantage simply by having a trajectory and not attaching our emotions to the outcome, but having a source of faith that knows that our outcomes are one of protection and promotion by something bigger than us that probably loves us more than our mom as well, an omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing source of faith, religious, spiritual, philosophical, or theoretical, it doesn't matter. I'm a person of best option faith, and I encourage any of you, if you can come up with a better option of where to derive your source of faith, tell me what it is. I'll most likely believe in that, but with the millions of people that I speak to, nobody's ever come up with a better option than there's something bigger than me uh, that loves me more than my mom and protects and promote me at all times. But it's not enough to have possibilities in our day when we're making decisions. The second practice of strategic decision-making is to know your who. You see, when we know who we can help with what we want and who can help us, we're now formulating, especially today with social media and the huge size, scope, and scale of the audience that we're able to reach, We're creating a community of people that want to help each other and know people that can help each other. And the thing in business, especially, let alone personally, is building a community today in person, on the phone, via email, media, social, and traditional. If we have a community of people that want to help each other and know people that want to help each other, we now have created a community that will buy from us for a lifetime and sell for us for a lifetime. If you look at the most abundant, successful companies in the world, the reason that they are successful and abundant is they've created a community of people that buy from them and sell for them. The simple way of taking a possibility and making it a probability in our strategic decision-making every day in a trajectory of where we think we want to be or better by giving meaning and finding the light, the love, and the lessons in the past is to know who we're doing it for and from the fastest way to get to where you want to be is find someone who sits in a situation that you already be that want to be in and ask it for directions have them pull a seat up to their table and have you pull a seat up to your table that is how we take a possibility and give it another mathematical advantage called a probability over nothingness over possibility the third practice of strategic decision making personally and professionally is to know your how. So not only do we know our what, know our who, but now we have to know our how, yes, in the trajectory of where we think we want to be, or better, by finding the light, the love, and lessons and giving meaning to the past, the defining moments, historical relevances, failure, setbacks, mistakes, void shortages, obstacles, successes. It doesn't matter. We want to derive the lessons from it in order to accelerate, aggregate, and create exponentiality of outcomes for us by those lessons that we've learned. 
Life is about lessons. The lessons will keep on coming until you learn them. Pain is an indicator in this theoretical trajectory. Pain is an indicator that you have a better place to be, a better situation to be in. And so we need to know our how. Well, there's two dependent variables in daily practices. One is very simple to utilize as a dependent variable, and one I consider to be impossible to utilize as a dependent variable of how am I going to get done the most that I can get done to do my best learning lessons and have fun in a trajectory of where I want to be. It's time and space. Space has too many variables involved in order to effectuate exactly how to get something done using space as a dependent variable, but time is a man-made construct. It is created by the speed of light when a piece or a particle of light leaves the sun and hits the earth, and we're all dependent upon it. And I utilize it as dependent variable of how, because I now can measure quantitatively everything in my life in order to effectuate something that human beings don't have the capability of effectuating, especially in business. It's called progress. Although we desire instant progress more than we did even in the past today, we can't quantify progress because the human capability does not allow us to see the progress from our behaviors instantaneously. We don't see it. And that works in our favor and against us. Imagine if we could see the progress that we were made by starting the first meal and eating right or working out the first day or the progress by moving correctly. Comparatively, imagine if we knew the first cigarette that we smoked, where that progress was heading. Imagine if we had that capability. And so I want to encourage you to use time as a dependent variable of all matter. It measures everything. But most importantly, in the construct of making decisions, our days are full of activities. Activities you have planned, activities you don't have planned, sleep, activities you get paid for, activities you don't get paid for. Notice I didn't mention that word that seems so difficult in our lives called work. I also didn't mention vacation either because I do both of those things every day, but I just define them as activity and I align them with the trajectory of where I think I want to be and the lessons I've learned from the past. So I use the 24 hours constructively, utilizing time as a dependent variable to figure out my how with these activities. And I start by having non-negotiables, which takes away about 10 hours of decision-making during the day because these are non-negotiables. No matter what, these are going to get done seven days a week. Knowing how time is an energy, just like money is an energy, and it will aggregate, compound exponentially, and accelerate in my favor or in a trajectory where I think I want to be or better. And so by utilizing time and the non-negotiables, I use seven hours every day non-negotiable to sleep with the purpose of recovery and accessing information. I have a sleep coach. It's the only coach I've had for the last 17 years without changing because it's a third of my life. I have changed business coaches. I have changed uh, thought leading coaches. I've gone from Bob Proctor to Jack Canfield to Wayne Dyer. I've moved on and on and on. Keep on learning, but I haven't moved my sleep coach because seven hours a day, it's a non-negotiable that I'm going to use that activity uh, and make sure that that's a priority in my decision-making process. Now, within the construct of the other three hours of non-negotiables, I have a minimum amount of time on my health, 
If you're going to take away one lesson here and everywhere that you go, remember, when you're healthy, you get as many wishes as you want during the day. And if you're not healthy, you'll only have one wish. So make sure that you take the time every day as a non-negotiable to take care of your health first, take care of you first. You can't give what you don't have. Then I moved to family. I spent a minimum of 30 minutes with my wife, minimum of 30 minutes with my 13-year-old son, a minimum of two minutes with my three daughters who are 24, 22, and 19. But I know two minutes a day is worth two hours on a Saturday. Talk about knowing my how, talking about acceleration, aggregation, and compounding exponentially the outcomes or trajectory of where I think I want to be or better. The lessons that I learned about time to quantify the things and measure my progress because I know I'm incapable of seeing it instantaneously. I utilize minimum of 10 minutes a day to study time. I utilize a minimum of 10 minutes a day that I am reaching out to a list of about 3,300 people, including Professor Share, just to say hi when I get down onto the list, DM, Instagram, email, to stay connected to that community of people that are going to help each other and know people that can help each other, people who are going to buy from me and sell for me, whatever it is in your mission of passion, purpose, and profitability. When you know your how, you now gain your perspective. You have gone from nothing, from nothing to a possibility knowing your, your what, to a probability of knowing your who, to now your perspective that has three lenses, productivity to add value, accessibility to be accessible to your community and access from your community and to be gracious, to continue no matter what the circumstances of the activity is, to find the light, the love, and the lessons. Which leads me to the fourth strategic decision-making practice, which is know your now. 100% of the things you do now get done. There's nothing more statistically successful than doing something now. But when you know what you're doing now and know what you're doing next, you have the antidote to the two biggest problems in business today. Procrastination and feeling overwhelmed. It is impossible to procrastinate if you know how to prioritize what's important to you and you do it now and know what you're doing next. It is impossible to feel overwhelmed. In fact, you'll shift your paradigm to feeling abundant that thank goodness I have more than enough to do, more options, opportunities, and touches of favor. But I know what's important to me today in a trajectory where I think I want to be. I know the lessons I'm going to need in order to facilitate efficiency, effectiveness, and statistical success in that trajectory by prioritizing what's important to me, my what, my who, and my how. It's amazing how much we get done when prioritization creates our materialization, monetization, and re reality. Knowing your now is the final step of manifestation if you're a spiritual person, materialization if you're just a constructive physicist, or it's monetization if you're a compassionate capitalist. You got to know what's important to you each day in a trajectory removed or discounted or detached from the outcome that you somehow have control of. Instead, you are a ferocious Buddha. Nobody can keep up with you during the day, although you allow the outcomes to come, notating that you're always protected and promoted by doing your best learning lessons and having fun by knowing your what, your who, your how, and your now. And then finally, 
the fifth decision-making, strategic decision-making practice, apply your why. This is the one where most people have a personal energy crisis. Most people live in a world of, I want people to think I am instead of I am. Most people want more. They want more happiness, more health, more wealth, more worthiness. Instead, I want you to shift the paradigm. Shift the paradigm of possibility, probability, and perspective and create not only a reality, but a reality that's not in search of something that you already have. That's not in search of something that you want. It's applying it. You see, instead of thinking about this is what I want people to think I am, let's take those practices and make decisions as if I am. I am happy. I am healthy. I am wealthy. I am worthy. What am I doing to interfere with it? In order to live inspired, in spirit, to live fulfilled, passionate, purposeful, and profitable, we have to realize and have faith, some source of faith, religious, spiritual, philosophical, theoretical faith, that there's something bigger than you, an omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing source that loves you more than your mom. You're part of an infinite, abundant system of thought. Because now, instead of searching for what you already have, we're just identifying what we're doing to interfere with it. And what's interfering with it is either fear of the past, limiting your self-image, or fear of the future, full of anxiety and worry. A duplicative negative, which creates interference and praise for what you don't want. So what I want you to do as the fifth and final application of why, the fifth and final strategic decision-making practice, is to identify fear, fear of the past and fear of the future, and then instead of resisting it, going over it, under it, through it, around it, and there'll be plenty of opportunity personally and professionally to do so, but instead of resisting it, simply stop. Remind yourself to your source of faith. Recollect yourself to your source of faith. Remember with the source of faith that I am not I want people to think I am, but I am. And then see what ego-based consciousness that you're prescribing to a fear. Do you have a need to be right, a need to be offended, a need to be separate, a need to be inferior, a need to be superior, a need to be anxious, frustrated, guilty, angry, resentful? Are these needs creating worry and anxiety and depression in your life? Because they're just a natural reaction to fear. And instead of trying to resist it, go over it, under it, through it, around it, lie to it, manipulate it, cheat it, and deny it, I just want you to remind it, remember it, and recollect it with your source of faith and time. How many minutes and moments you're spending accelerating in the wrong direction. I want you to time how long it is that you're creating more resistance, voids, and shortages. Utilize time as a dependent variable in order to effectuate progress, even with resistance. So if you feel guilty, ask yourself, how long did I feel guilty today? Ooh, 62 minutes. Maybe tomorrow I'll try 61. Ah, a quantitative result. Progress. Lessening the interference. You see, I have more energy than most of the 55-year-old people that I work with. And I work with the highest spirits of excellence. And I'll tell you this, one thing that I've learned, I have as much energy today as I was born with, and so do you. It's just that I'm starting to figure out what I'm doing to interfere with it. 
I utilize the five strategic decision-making practices in order to effectuate my inspiration, not just my materialization, monetization, and manifestation. I go from a nothingness into a possibility of knowing my what, a probability of knowing my who, a perspective of knowing my how, and then the reality of knowing my now and applying my why allows me to live in spirit inspired to enjoy the consistent every day, persistent without quit pursuit of my potential. Not what other people think, not what I want them to think, not what's missing, not what I don't have, but simply what's important to me in a trajectory of where I think I want to be here better and learning the lessons of my past to get there even faster and results exponentially occurring in my favor of promotion and protection. I promise you, if you use these five strategic decision-making practices, you will make a lot of money and live in abundance. You will help a lot of people and create a community of people that will help you and help others to buy from you and sell for you your entire life. And you will be happy. And if you do that, you will help me with my mission, which will make me happy. I appreciate the opportunity to speak with some of the most intelligent, inspired people and students that I've met. What an honor it is to be here. I dreamed about going to Columbia one day, and now I get to speak here again, which is an honor. I want to thank everyone for taking the time, and I have about 10 minutes to take questions, if that sounds fair. David, I'm going to I'm gonna kick it off, and Rudy, if you want to bring the mic out for student questions. I, I was really touched by your statement, you will never overachieve your self-image. And I think you're, the last part of your talk kind of really addressed that. But I know some of the students here um, have a wonder, wonder what they're going to do next. Like once they graduate, what's their first job going to be? And I feel like when I, when I hear that statement about you'll never achieve your self-image and the image becomes other people's stories about what you should be doing next or even the field like program managers, the big word now, and you get stuck in that. And I just maybe you could address that and how to break out of that. Yeah, well, first of all, we have to understand ignorance that there's two types of people, people that don't know what they don't know and people that don't know what they don't know. I try to surround myself with ignorant, humble people that admit they don't know what they don't know, but they're willing to help share the dummy tax that they've paid. I grew up with a mom that thought the fetus wasn't fully developed till after graduate school. Common uh, phrase in my home was doctor, lawyer, or failure. And so I know exactly what you're talking about. And the pressure that was on me when I graduated law school was enormous. And what I started to realize was the most ignorant, arrogant people are not the haters on the internet. They're obvious. They're obsequious. They're easy. They know, and we know uh, that hurt people hurt people. But the people that we have to be aware of most are the people that love us the most. The people that love us the most are more afraid for us than we are afraid for ourselves. And therefore, they're going to want to keep us safe. They're more full of fear. And we don't want to make our decisions on fear. Remember, we identify fear and see what ego-based consciousness we prescribe to it. It doesn't mean we don't appreciate the people that love us the most and project their insecurity onto us because they want us to have a stable, safe job being a lawyer. I get it. I feel the same way about my own children and have to fight the need to protect them from being hurt. But I know that being hurt is how I got to where I am today. And as much and as painful it is to be hurt ourselves, it's even more painful when we see our children hurting. And so take that into consideration and know what you want. And tell your parents, 
hey, I appreciate. I You're adding value to me. I appreciate you. I love you. I'm happy. I'm healthy. But I'm going to make a decision based off what's important to me because I am the only one that knows my skills and knowledge of who and what. I can appreciate the genetic and energetic inheritance that you're giving me. But it is my desire that is going to determine my potential, not my basement that's determined by skills and knowledge. And so I want everyone to look upon their skills and knowledge and their desire. Align it with jobs, careers, and industries that are doing well. Align it with jobs, careers, and industries that are stable. And align it with jobs, careers, and industries that you think will be doing well. I graduated law school at a $150,000 job being a maritime oil and gas litigator. I turned it down to sell the internet. When in 1992, not only did my mom tell me I better be a real lawyer because the internet's going to be a fad and it's never going to last, but in my very first month of working for West Publishing, creating Westlaw, I sat in front of Justice Scalia, who told me nobody will ever use the internet for research that you need books. Talk about ignorant arrogance. I want you to take into consideration like a handful of sand all the different advice that you get and be with appreciation and love. Let the sand kernels go right through your fingers, the ones that aren't aligned with your skills, your knowledge, and your desire, and then hold on to the ones that resonate with you. You don't have to resist your parents and family or friends' expectations of your career. You just have to hold on to the nuggets that are aligned with your skills, knowledge, and desire. And in your career, continue to pursue your potential, that self-image of your skills, your knowledge, and your desire with appreciation of the differencing of opinion, especially from the ignorant and arrogant. Hi, uh, David. Thank you so much for, for your words. Uh, I have a question. Uh, what is, if, if there is one uh, most important decision that that you've made in your life or and at what stage of your life uh, was it? Uh, looking back, the most important decision personally was who I was going to marry. Looking back, the most decision important decision was not to listen to my mom and to take that job in the internet, not to be a lawyer. And finally, the third and easiest decision of my life was what bed that I was going to buy and what sleep coach I have because I spend a third of my life with my family and my wife is liaison between me and my family. I spend a third of the life in the activity that I get paid for and I learn to love that as well. And then finally, I spend a third of my life sleeping. So I want to own the best bed and have the best coach possible to help me in all three areas of my life. You spend a third of your life in activity you get paid for, a third of your life with your family and a third of your life uh, sleeping. So those were the three critical decisions uh, that I made. And I will tell you the hardest one to find, but yet the most important one of all three was marrying the right person, not a perfect person, but I was blessed to marry the perfect person for me. Um, hey, David, uh, I had one question. Uh, I think uh, I, I also think I'd like to share a little bit about you to the class because I've been following you since like uh, a long time. I know that you had interacted with Gary and then that made you start your podcast. Uh, also heard about the time that you uh, were in the flight, met some Indian lady and you started talking about uh, meditation, why you should do it, why you shouldn't do it. So I've had you on, on my radar for a long time. So big thanks to uh, Mr. Douglas for organizing this and, and the entire TA and, and to you as well for coming over. 
so, I mean, we all know, I don't know for those who don't know, I think uh, you're the guy who made a million dollars nine months out of graduating. And then you lost around 100 million too, right? Like, like big story, we can't cover all of that right now. But then uh, given today's times, what would you do to make a million dollars again quickly? Uh, I mean, quickly is not really important, but then to make it now in today's market, today's job standing, what would you do? How would you do it? Yeah, remember these three words, words if you're gonna remember anything. I'd ask for help. The second time around, what brought back where I'm able and capable today of making more money than I ever have, helping more people and having more fun, was instead of trying to figure out everything myself out of ignorance and arrogance, I asked for help. I took the time to find the who. I knew what I wanted, but I had to find who it was that was sitting in the situation I wanted to be in and ask them for help. And uh, still today, that understanding of community, of being able, in fact, I'm going to be with Tony Robbins, Dean Graziosi, Gary Itzler, uh, Jim Quick and I uh, came out here together. And I already have prepared my ass. Right, each of those individuals, I am going to ask for help. And I will accelerate, as you suggested, I'll create a velocity and a community of people who want to help each other and know people that can help each other. But I'm also going to ask them, would it help you if? And so I've prepared already my asks, both of how I can be of service or value to them, but also how they can be of service or value to me. Great. Thank you so much for that. Um You've spoken a lot about different factors that we should be reviewing. Um, I just wanted to know, in your opinion, what's the most important? Is it the like the sleep review? Is it just the self-image? Is it the kind of like the mentality and the perspective we have when we go into work? Like, where would you start in kind of like the journey of self-actualization? I would start with the simple things. I heard an amazing quote, the simple things to do are unfortunately simple not to do. I would start by saying thank you. Thank you before you went to bed and when you woke up. Creating an aggregate effect of finding light, love, and lessons in everything. Gratitude is the most powerful and impactful thing that you can have. It gives you your perspective. It will tie in forgiveness for the mistakes that you made and accountability to take control. It will allow you to be more inspired. But I would raise your awareness to all the simple things around you and remind yourself that the simple things to do are unfortunately simple not to do. Saying thank you takes 0.1 seconds and it's free. Everybody in the classroom will agree it changes their, your life. So will the greatest thought leaders and business people. In every boardroom, in every big conference that I talk about gratitude, everybody agrees. But by tonight, half of you won't say thank you. By tomorrow morning, another half of us won't say thank you. And within three days, almost all of us will stop saying thank you. So please remember that of all the things I taught with you, take into consideration that which resonated with you, that raises your awareness to importance for you. And two, remind yourself the simple things to do are unfortunately simple not to do. Thank you, David. Uh, question about the sleep coach. Was it, was it for reasons of sleeping issues or just for sleep improvement? What did the sleeping coach did for you? And second question, what kind of bed do you have? Yeah. So I bought the Four Seasons, literally every single thing from the Four Seasons Hotel as a package. The pillows, the sheets, the comforter, everything. That's what kind of bed I bought. I used to have a sleep number. I had an endorsement deal with sleep number. Me and Dak Prescott, but uh, I couldn't do it anymore after sleeping in that bed. Sleep coach. The reason I got a sleep coach was that math. 
I was looking at the habits that I had and the number one habit that everyone shares in the world every single day. And the most amount of time that I spent in one habit was sleep. And so I wanted to create more productivity, accessibility, and gratitude in my life by being the best sleeper of anyone. As much as I dreamed of being the best football player in the world, that wasn't going to happen for me. But I thought, what if I could be the best sleeper? Eight hours a day, a third of my life, I could be the best at something for a third of my life. Imagine where it's going to end up for me. And so because I traveled so much, because of a variety of things, I started to study my sleep and ask for a coach to help me with temperature, with weighted blankets, with uh, the lighting, uh, with green screens and blue screens and yellow screens and green, all the different screens that were out there, negative energy and thoughts. I have worked in 17 years in every realm to put myself, I have an unwinding routine. So my, my tomorrow starts today at 9 p.m. Pacific time. I put my mind, my body, and my soul in a position of recovery and access. And in order to do so, there's a lot of an adaptation with the amount of travel and time zones, as well as all the external variables that exist that will interfere with our ability to recover and access the information devoid of our ego, our conscious. And if you practice sleep, just as if you practice golf or any other thing, you will get extremely good at it. And I can't think of anything I'd rather be the best in the world at than sleep. Okay, thank you, David. Uh, my question will be, uh, actually, i interested with your word about most people weren't with, the, with nothing. And uh, you also said that what you want to, uh, that those people decide what you want to be in the future and also giving the meaning about the circumstances in life versus the people that born with the privilege my question will be how to build kind of mindset to believe in that we have same opportunity to win even that we have like different kind of start to kick up thank you <laughs> I don't believe we all have the same opportunity to win. I just want to tell you that, that we are all born with different skills, knowledge, and desires. We have uh, different energetic and genetic inheritances. Uh, some of us, our basements have a basement and others of us, our basement is a penthouse. What I help people do within the realm of mindset, of how they think and what meaning they give to everything they see, to heart set of how they feel about that and the pragmatic tools of handset of what we do, think, say, and believe and feel every single day. You see, the mathematical equation of the delta of our lives is what I'm most interested in. Can I teach everyone who does have the opportunity, everyone in the world has the opportunity to enjoy the consistent every day, persistent without quit, pursuit of their own potential, considering their energetic and genetic inheritance, considering where they are and where they live and how much wealth or no wealth or whatever symptoms and dis-ease exist in them today, that we all have the same potential to create a delta, to create a delta in your life. And that's where fulfillment lies. That's where passion lies. That's where purpose lies. That's where our why lies. And although we all don't have the same opportunities and options, I do believe in abundance. 
And although we all don't start in the same place, that if given enough time, and when I say time in a linear sense, if given enough time, it may be one lifetime, two lifetimes, or three, determinative one, what you believe. Then in the context of infinite, abundant, unified system of unlimited time, then we do all have the options. Unfortunately, we're limited by man-made constructive life. And that amount of time, I don't think we all have the same options, opportunities, and touches of favor to get to where we want to be. Uh, but we will get to a better place than we wanted to be. We may not have the infinite wisdom to see how, for example, a bankruptcy of losing over $100 million, which is something that uh, was an experience of mine, which when it happened, I could not tell you anything, but I was being punished. But here I am 15 years later and will tell you that the greatest promotion and protection I've ever gotten in my life, if somebody would ask me, how was my marriage saved? How was my life saved? It was because I lost everything. And so understanding uh, where we start and the delta that we want in our lives for example, if I wanted to be a professional basketball player, my skills and knowledge of basketball are not going to get me to the basement of LeBron James. But my delta in this lifetime may be greater than LeBron James. And that's where the inspiration lies. That's where the passion and the purpose lies with detaching myself from the actual outcome and living a life of protection and promotion and giving all that I have, doing my best, learning lessons and having fun then you'll be happy uh, and your journey will be happy. Uh, I want to thank everyone. I'd be more than happy to come back. I hope live uh, someday. I get to New York Absolutely. all the time. Come see Absolutely. me at Propelify. I'll be speaking there uh, with some Vayner people. I'm keynoting Propelify next week uh, and uh, doing a meetup there at Propelify in Hoboken, New Jersey. So if any of you get a wild hair, come and see me. I'll get you tickets to Propelify. My email should be up there somewhere, david at dmelzer.com or DM me, david at dmelzer.com. Thank you.